Good morning and uh, welcome. What a great day to be together. Welcome to our celebration of the third Sunday of the Advent season, the season of waiting, watching, and expecting that uh, God's salvation will become very real to us uh, once again through the Christ child. So welcome. It's a good day for us to be together and to share together as we enter into worship. I want to invite you to uh, stand, if you would, and uh, join me in our call to worship. Come, open your hearts. Sing the carols. Come, open your lives. To the songs of blessing. Watch, listen, feel. God is here. Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice is well done in song, so let's sing together. you would, and let us join our voices together in uh, prayer. And the messenger of the Lord came to Mary and Joseph, and the words said were not easy. The requirements that message made upon them were not simple. The word of God brought about a life that neither of them imagined. Today we pray that our hearts and minds will be open to hear God's message for us. A message of hope and grace, even amid great straits and anxiety. For unto us a child has been born, unto us the Son of the Most High has come to dwell within our midst. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Just making sure we're, oh, doing, no, we're doing Charlie? 
Okay. Right. I always have to double check my stuff. So um, uh, this morning, of course, we are, for our time of uh, uh, lifting up in prayer and, and the way we can engage and give and serve, we want to uh, uh, invite you to remember in prayer all those who have been affected by the tornadoes that have gone through the part of our nation and all those affected by the, devastated by those tornadoes. Um, and to lift them up in prayer, for this will certainly be a dark and gloomy holiday season for many with the loss of not only property but loss of life. And so we want to remember all of those in our prayers. But also be reminded that our, we have a great um, denomination that pro provides for a great resource to help those in need. Um, speaking of the United Methodist Committee on Relief, uh, commonly known as UMCOR, uh, the United Methodist Committee on Relief is already responding and already present and already there. And so we can uh, uh, channel our, our giving through that resource. So as you uh, go online or drop stuff in the, in the basket uh, this morning um, for your offering and your gifts that you give to the church, over and above that, we invite you that any gift you give, whether it's online or on your check, if you mark it UMCOR, U-M-C-O-R, or Tornadoes, we'll be sure that that gets to the right place to help those in need. And so that is a, a, an extra giving that we can participate in this year, but also um, our prayers for those in, uh, in need at this time. Um, let us turn our hearts to prayer. Good morning. I'm Pastor Lisa. If you'll bow your heads with me as we join our morning prayer. Compassionate God, in this time of darkness, we wait for the one who will come and redeem us. As we revel in the merriment of the season and the sparkle of decorations, we need to remember there are also many for whom the holiday season isn't one of joy and good cheer. We pray for those who cannot see the light in the darkness, that they would find hope not in the commercial side of Christmas, but in the promise of the Christ child. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who face the aftermath of natural disasters and the cleanup ahead, those who have lost homes and businesses and even the people they love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who grieve this Advent season fearing the first Christmas after losing a loved one, that they would know your comfort and find hope in the promise of the resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who struggle to feel joy because they're mired in mounting bills and in despair for lack of employment, that they would have faith that you will provide. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our military families who are separated by great distance from their loved ones. We pray for those families whose tables have an empty seat this Christmas, that they would rely on you for strength and protection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those whose family dynamics make holidays not a time of festive joy, but of stress and anger. We pray that through your grace, hearts can be softened, 
old hurts can be released and a door might be opened to reconciliation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift our joys and give over our concerns, those we have spoken and those in our hearts, to your tender care, Lord. We recognize that the joy we celebrate this Advent morning is not just a passing feeling, but a deep, resounding response to you and gratitude for what you have given us in your Son. And we pray as he taught us to. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So, we're going to, uh, yeah, we're going to, let's do holy ground, Michael. Okay? Because I messed everybody up. And, <laughs> but I'm going to let you see just how good Michael is, because he always says, whatever you need, Pastor Rick, whatever you do, we can make it happen. So, uh, let's stand, and we're going to sing holy ground. Let's stand, and we'll sing holy ground. Here's the thing, when you hear this passage from Isaiah, it's going to be like introducing shout to the Lord, isn't it? So even though Rafe messed up, the Holy Spirit's going to, going to make it work right, right? <laughs> so the passage today is from Isaiah. In, um, in this time of Advent, where we're waiting and we're watching, often the scriptures are around the prophets, and Isaiah is one of the key ones, because it's always about looking forward and the promise of God's salvation. 
and then how you respond to God's salvation. But it's not only looking forward, but it's also remembering that, hey, God has saved, and God is saving, and God will save. And what do we do with that? And so Isaiah says these words for us in chapter 12. God is indeed my salvation. I will trust and won't be afraid. Yah, Yah, the Lord, is my strength and my shield. He has become my salvation. You will draw water with joy from the springs of salvation. And you will say on that day, on that day you will say, thank the Lord, call on God's name, proclaim God's deeds among the peoples, declare that God's name is exalted. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord who has done glorious things. Proclaim this throughout all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, city of Zion, because the Holy One of Israel is great among you. Amen and amen. Sing to the Lord.
sing to the Lord, shout to the Lord. Oh my goodness, I love that song, but I have to admit, boy, did it make me feel old. Because I was in ministry 25 years ago when that was the contemporary song playing at the contemporary services. And uh, bands were playing that and people were shouting all over the place. But what they're doing is they're reflecting what the prophet spoke to us. The prophet says, you know, you know about salvation. It's coming to your hearts and your lives. Verse 5 of what we read today, sing to the Lord. Verse 6, six, shout, shout and sing. Lift it up, you know, tell of God's good deeds. Tell of what God's doing because that's what we do. Think about it. Think about it. When, um, when you get a good Christmas gift, and you get a really good Christmas gift, what do you do with the Christmas gift? You show it off, right? You show it off, you, you tell people about it, you show it off. I guarantee you, if you go on social media and you watch you know, any of those YouTube or TikTok or all those kinds of things, I can't name them all because I can't even use them all, but uh, you go on there, I guarantee you there are people already modeling their new Christmas clothes taking their own little videos, and they, you know, they got their new Christmas clothes, and they're strutting around and doing their little modeling walks, and you know, uh, look at the new clothes I got. And on Christmas Day and the day after Christmas, you'll see people playing with new toys and playing with things, and look what I got here, and look what I got there. Because when you get a good gift, what do you do with it? You show it off. You tell people about it. Somebody gives you some really good, you know, homemade something nice for Christmas, this food, you know, what do you do? Oh, you want a piece? You want to have some? unless you're like, oh no, this is my stash of chocolate, you know, but somebody gives you something really good, you share it, you tell about it, you, you put it out there, you, 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 you do it, you, share, you, you tell about it, because we've been waiting for the gift so long. We've been waiting for the gift so long, we've been waiting for it, and now it's here, and now it comes, and now it's there, and we can't help but share it, because we've been waiting. We've been waiting for Christmas. That, that's what Advent is all about. It's all about this season of waiting and watching and looking. And when the arrival comes, we're all excited. We're all excited because here's the baby Jesus. But are we really that excited about baby Jesus? Because, you know, Jesus says, you know, I've come to bring judgment. You know, I've come to, you, you know, separate. I've come to create, you know, this, this crisis moment of decision. Even John the Baptist saying that Jesus is coming, so, you know, calls us a bunch of snakes. You brood of vipers, you know. You check it out, Luke chapter 3. I know it's there. Now what you're going to say, you're going to say, oh, Rafe, Jesus wasn't, uh, John the Baptist wasn't talking to us. He was talking to the Pharisees of the time. Yeah, right. He's talking to those of us who live hypocritical lives where we say or think or do one thing at one time, but then do something else another time. John the Baptist is this prophet that says, prepare the way. You're a bunch of snakes. You look like hypocrites. You, if you really want to follow, then you've got to change your life. What kind of good news is that at Christmas time that you have to change everything? You have to change your life. Live a life worthy of repentance. Show fruit worthy of repentance. Repentance of a turning. Not just saying you're sorry for the brokenness or hurt or shame in your life but actually turning it around and not doing it anymore. Getting ready for Jesus, preparing for Jesus, preparing for the, the gift, preparing for that day, as the prophet says. That day, that day. It can be harsh. That can be very harsh. Change your, your life. Change everything. It can be extremely harsh. Maybe that's why in our culture we love to rush to Christmas. 
because this Advent season of waiting and watching, prepare the way, get ready, change your hearts, change your lives, that can be a really harsh time and difficult. So let's just jump to Christmas. You know, let's just go ahead and start singing the Christmas carols right away and get our lights. And then when Christmas comes and the baby Jesus is here, quickly clean it up and put it all away and clean up the house and get rid of all the decorations. Get rid of it very fast before it starts changing us, right? Let's get back to our routines. You've heard people say all the time, oh, I love the Christmas season. Why can't we just act like that all year long? Why can't we just have that kind of attitude all year long? Because it will require us to change. Change our routines and change our patterns and change our habits and change what we do. Waiting for the arrival of Jesus is dangerous. It's threatening. Waiting for the day. Because when the day comes, we'll be held accountable. However, what the prophet reminds us of is that when that day arrives, that day is salvation. Salvation transcends the judgment. Salvation transcends our own expectation of God's wrath and God's punishment. Love transcends punishment. Grace transcends the harsh change. Salvation comes. And when salvation comes, you rejoice, right? You get a good gift. You get a good gift, you tell the story, you sing, you shout, you tell the story, you proclaim God's good news, you show it off. The prophet Isaiah, as he's telling his story and telling, you know, it's time to proclaim and tell of God's good news, reminding us of the salvation, he's talking into a very troubled time, into a troubled people. He's speaking into a time when there was this hypocritical nature of the king who was leading and the people of the southern kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem. It was conflictive time politically. There were different alliances that were going here and there and trying to figure out who was doing what. And there's a whole history to this. And I could give you the whole history, but you'd have to get out pen and paper and take notes. And then there'd be a test, you know, all the history stuff. But suffice it to say that, you know, the politics of the time had actually accentuated the division among the people of Israel from the north and the south. And I know it's hard for us to imagine uh, political divisiveness and division, but um, that was happening then. And um, Isaiah is speaking into that. And when he speaks into that, he's speaking about, you know, when we don't unify and come together, it shows a lack of trust in God because God has been salvation on that day. That day when we needed God to enter, God enters. And yes, the day is a judgment time. It holds us accountable. It's harsh and has, we have consequences for our actions. But Isaiah is also saying, let's remember that God saves. That God saves. Salvation transcends the judgment. And when Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah speaks to the people of, of Israel and, to, and of Judah, and he says that God saves, what they originally calls to mind and the remembrance is their salvation history. That when there was starvation, God had provided Joseph in a land full of plenty so that the people would not starve and they would have life. God saves that when the people were slaves in Egypt, God provided emancipation and the promised land and the deliverance through the work of Moses. God saves. 
And when the people were divided and, and unattached and going crazy, God created a unified kingdom through a servant named David. And God saves. And when you have that kind of good news, you sing about it. You shout about it. You rejoice. You, there's this thanksgiving that happens. And you tell people about it. Isaiah's prophecies, reminding of the past, look forward to the time when God will save again. And so much of Isaiah's words become our scriptures for the Advent season as we're waiting. Isaiah chapter 7 says this, Therefore the Lord will give you a sign. The young woman is pregnant and is about to give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. God with us, God saves. Isaiah chapter 9, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in a pitch dark land. Light has dawned. living in darkness there's light into the brokenness into our divisiveness into our divisions into our hypocrisy Emmanuel Emmanuel in that day in that day Emmanuel and so we're thankful for God's activity. And that thankfulness is rejoicing. And this is what rejoicing looks like. You sing to the Lord. You shout to the Lord. You tell of the Lord's good deeds. You remind that the Lord has done the work of salvation before and will do it again. You tell the story. That's what rejoicing is. It's telling the story. It's remembering salvation and telling the story of salvation all over again. Tell the story you will know in that day that you need to sing and shout and be thankful. That is rejoicing in that day. Isaiah says that phrase over and over again. In that day, in that day. Read all of chapter 12. It, it starts with in that day. In that day, rejoice. It might be a dark day. It might be a difficult day. It might be a day of accountability and a day of judgment. It might be that we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. But in that day, sing and shout. And tell the story. Because God saves. So let me tell you a bit of my story. My Christmas story, I call it. My Christmases were, as a child, were great stories. I mean, they, it was a, a wonderful uh, experience. I would get great gifts like uh, the whole football set for the Miami Dolphins. Because, you know, it was the 70s and the Miami Dolphins. You know, and I'd wear my jersey and my helmet and go out and show everybody that I'd gotten a great gift, you know. But then everybody else had the same thing, you know. So we had our own little team on our block, you know, that would go challenge all comers from all the other blocks, you know, because uh, we had our, our dolphin helmets and jerseys and pads and everything. So I had great Christmases growing up. But then as a young adult, as a young adult, Andrew hit. And I will never forget the first Christmas after Andrew because I really can't remember anything much about it. My family was displaced. Some of my family was displaced, and my parents were in a leaky, damp home. Many of my friends were displaced. 
getting together with family was difficult. I was responsible for the United Methodist response. We mentioned committee, Young Methodist Committee on Relief. I was working in partnership with the Committee on Relief in Hurricane Andrew. Um, and that first Christmas, we were trying to get food to everybody. And so the work was overwhelming. And that's all I can remember is just how overwhelming that work was. But I also had a small child and a marriage that was crumbling under the stress and the strain. And I had this child that I was concerned about. What's his Christmas going to be like? And it was a dark and gloomy Christmas, and it's hard to remember any of the details. But then there was the next Christmas. Well, the next Christmas wasn't much better. Everything now had come become a crisis. The marriage situation had become a crisis. The dysfunctional church that I was serving now had reached crisis, an epidemic uh, place where things were just overwhelming and very painful. And on Christmas Day, I was so sick, I could not stand up off the couch. I laid sideways watching my young child all by himself open Christmas presents. And I remember thinking, is this all that his Christmas will be? Is this what he'll remember of his, of his childhood? And I was feeling the guilt as a parent at that time. And then the next Christmas, we moved to a new place. We moved out of South Florida. I moved 300 miles. I moved my young child 300 miles away from my parents, his grandparents, and uncles and, and aunts and stuff. And I moved him away, and we're 300 miles away in another church with all those responsibilities of a new church. And now I'm a, a single dad trying to make Christmas very real, very far away from family. And I recognized that it was just going to, Christmas Day was just going to be a day of just me and my son. What have I created for him? However, Emmanuel, there's salvation. There was a hint of God's goodness in the fact that this Christmas, Christmas was on a Sunday. And usually that's not good news for a pastor because there's, Christmas just becomes a whole season of a lot of things that have to be done. Christmas Eve services, Sunday morning services, and Sunday morning is Christmas Day. I'm only going to get a couple hours with my son on Christmas Day. But this church that we were serving had decided on Christmas Day, on a Sunday, that following the worship service they were going to have brunch for all of those who could not travel and be with family and friends. Folks, we're talking about the time before Zoom and FaceTime and all of that kind of stuff. We're talking about a time even before you put phones in your pocket. And um, we had this brunch, and there was family, and there was community, and there was meal around the table, and it turned out to be one of the best Christmases ever. And it turned out to be the start of the 12 days of Christmas that gave my son and I some time together, but also saw the beginnings of the foundation of a new relationship that would bless and save my life. And so the next Christmas, we're a family of four and the house is a mess. God saves. God saves. And those who live in a dark time, a light has shined. God saves and and walks into our lives and is Emmanuel. One thing I remember about each of those Christmases, every single one, is Emmanuel. 
that God was with me. And, and now the twinkling lights that are on homes and adorn our streets and our trees and everything else means so much more because there is a light that shines in a darkness for my heart. And if I was this concerned through all those Christmases about my child, imagine what God is doing for you and for me. Emmanuel, rejoice. Tell the story. The Lord is strength. The Lord is salvation. The Lord is shield. The Lord is the source of our joy. What will you say in that day? What will you say in that day when you recognize the salvation of God? What will you say? What will it be? Will it just be a simple thank you? Or will it be the rejoicing of thanksgiving, of shouting, of singing the praises, of proclaiming of God's good deeds and telling your story? That's rejoicing. That's rejoicing. Telling the story, the story of hope, the story of salvation, the story of Emmanuel in your heart and your life. Rejoicing is always shared. Like when you get the good gift, you always share it. Share your story of rejoicing. And share your stories of the dark night. The dark night of the soul. And maybe that's your Christmas this year. Because sharing those stories are sharing and carrying each other's burdens together. We share it. And we see the light of God's salvation. We see the good news. We feel and sense the good news of Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. Sing, shout, rejoice. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the prophet's reminder of our salvation and the prophet's call of, of hope for your salvation that will enter in on the day, on that day. Lord, fill our hearts with a gratitude that cannot be contained until we sing it and shout it and proclaim it and tell of the good news and share the stories. Let the good deeds of the Lord be spoken about in our hearts and in our lives and in our communities and in our relationships, Lord. Give us that, that overwhelming joy and hope that can do nothing else but sing and shout and, and tell the stories. Amen and amen. Let us respond to God with song and let us stand and, and sing. Sing and, and give it to God and give and sing of the God's promise of salvation, the spirit song.
Singing. Turn up the Christmas music, roll down your window in your car, and sing so the people going by on the street hear the song. Shout it. Shout it. Open the windows of your house and shout it out. And tell of God's good deeds. Find someone today, this week, that you can tell your story to. Your story of how you know God's salvation. Share it. That's rejoicing. That's rejoicing in the Emmanuel. Go in peace. Amen. Amen. 